0: Hi, hello, and welcome back to Table for One. I'm your host, Anna-Sofia, and welcome back to an all-new episode. I hope you guys are all doing well today. I know I am. Today, I'm not alone at the table. Once again, I have a special guest joining me. Her name's Io. or for those of you who don't know her, she's a very good friend of mine. Hi, Io, and welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here for the second time <laughs> in like two weeks. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Thank you for having me again. So just like a little background for you guys, we record we actually recorded this episode like 2 weeks ago, but we decided to re-record it because we did quite a lot of name dropping and not planning to get sued just yet. So we're going to re-record the episode by um but just not mention any names this time. So if you know the stories, you'll know who we're talking about, but otherwise, you'll not know who we're referring to, which is probably the best. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so just to start why don't you introduce yourself a little bit like where you're from kind of your background and where you are now okay so I'm Io Io Ince
1: I'm from the United States um a little bit of background I lived in the U.S. from birth I was born in Boston and then I lived in New York and then I moved to Taipei and I lived there for like half a year then I moved to Beijing no then I moved to Shanghai and I lived there for three years Then I moved to Beijing, lived there for six years, and now I'm back in the U.S., and I'm currently living in Princeton, New Jersey.
0: Okay, so for those of you that did not live in China or in Beijing with us, uh, you don't know that we met in YCIS, which is in a different international school than the one we left at the end of year eight. I think it was year eight, yeah. So uh, YCIS, we met in, I keep forgetting, I think this was third Year three, yes, year three. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was it was definitely, because in year four, I left. Mm-hmm. And did you leave in year four? I left at the end of year
1: three, and then I started Dulwich in year four.
0: Oh, so you left a year earlier than I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So we'll get into Dulwich Times, because YSAS wasn't really that big of a deal for us. So we went to Dulwich, which is another international school, and why don't you kind of explain your experience at Dulwich? <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'd say it was a good experience
1: for the most part. Like, I remember the main reason we switched from YCIS to Dulwich was because just like YCIS was like a smaller school. There were less kids in the grade. And I'm, I remember they taught a lot of classes in Mandarin, which was a little rough for me at the time because my Mandarin was not at that level. But we moved to Dulwich. It was a British school. There were a lot of kids. It was just a lot of fun. And I mean, I enjoyed it. I'd say my Dulwich experience was relatively good.
0: I mean, am I the only one that remembers that YCS was kind of more Asians? Like, I feel like there weren't as many Western kids as there were in Dulwich. But in the end, Dulwich also kind of the Asians took over because every one of the Westerners or the expat kids kind of left. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I remember has um, definitely had like less foreigners so that was that was why they taught like some classes in Mandarin which was a struggle
0: yeah I remember they taught like it I mean now in our school it's called ethics class but I don't know what it was called back then it was like kind of like a wasn't it PSHE no yeah PSHE yeah, yeah, yeah. they taught in like half uh English half Mandarin I it was a it was a weird setup. I mean, a lot of our friends kind of moved from, Dulwich, uh, from YCAS from to Dulwich. It was like two schools that were linked, yet they had nothing in common at all because like no one really stayed in touch with any of the YCAS people, and we never played any sports against them because they weren't really in our league. They were they played against like I think ISB and different mm-hmm. schools, but we never played us. I don't remember playing YCAS, at least. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I think we played them in handball once, but that was kind of it. Yeah, I know
1: exactly what you're talking about. We played them like in one handball tournament, which was like super dramatic. And then that was about it. I don't think I ever saw like YSIS in any other sports.
0: Yeah, no, I remember that. And especially because one of our friends was on the team and it was really dramatic. And we were just like, oh, we don't want to like cause beef, but like we want to beat you guys. <laughs> yes. Okay, so now I do want to discuss the incident again, because I feel like it's a really funny story, oh, no. but we can't name it what right. we're named <laughs> to Okay, why don't you give your kind of perspective, and I'll give my perspective of what happened in this story, kind of. Okay, so no name dropping. No name my dropping, perspective exactly. was
1: uh, one day, it was just a regular day, lunchtime, and a lot of our friends were not with us. I remember I was with Anna, us two were together. And I remember we were just hanging out like we went to this big courtyard that was like kind of in the middle of the school and we were I guess we were just hanging around there and my perspective, I remember um, something was there was this there was this guy in our grade and I remember we kind of had like
0: we had a bit of a thing I guess. <laughs> Wait, you actually did, didn't you? Didn't you guys like each other? I never knew this. We never talked about this because this was like secretive.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was we. We had a thing back in year seven, and then this was like the next year when we were just super good friends. But it was still like a little awkward, you know. Mm-hmm. So I remember I could tell something was going on because he was kind of like laughing and stuff. And then I remember I was like, I was kind of like trying to move away from him because I could just tell something was about to happen. And then I remember you were just like, Ayo, like look behind you. Like he's like doing something. And I turned around and he's like, like dry humping my bag or something
0: like that. This is so, oh, oh, it wasn't inappropriate. It's just because we were like. We made it dramatic, but okay, I keep going. <laughs>
1: yeah, we were we were young. We were like 12, 13. So I remember, I remember I, like Anne and I just like run away, far away from the courtyard. And I'm kind of just like, whoa, what just happened? Like that was weird. And then I remember our friends come back from wherever they were and I start telling them what happened. And then one of them starts crying. And then the other ones just like their reactions are what really tipped me over the edge and then it just like completely like snowballed into like a huge issue, and it was a mess.
0: Yeah, so I I remember that as well. I remember we were in like our courtyard area where we always ate lunch in the spring. It was a really nice sunny day. It was like a really nice day. It was like good good vibes. Everything was good until this like lunch and. I think it was just the guys being silly. Like they were always silly, and we always had like fun with them during lunch. And then at this specific lunch, I think they played like truth or dare or something. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, so uh, this boy decided to got dared to dry. Air, it wasn't even dry; hump, it was air hump because he didn't <laughs> touch you. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't do anything. He air humped there. It was like it's like nowadays if you think about doing the floss, just like forwards and backwards, like it's not even that big of a deal. And then so yeah, when, when it first happened, it was, we didn't, it kind of didn't occur to us. And then we sort of went about our day for the next five minutes. And then once our friends came back, we told them and they were like, oh yeah, like that's not okay. It's, it's so wrong. And it was like this whole thing of, oh, it's like not right f- to girls. And it's like, yeah, it became a kind of like a gender thing. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was, mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it played out weirdly. And then it was just really dramatic. And, uh, the boys actually ended up, getting in a lot of trouble because we decided to go to the counselors for whatever reason. (laughs) The counselors crying. uh, Told the counselors what happened and they're like, oh, this is so unacceptable. Like, give me the names. We're going to talk to them tomorrow. The boys got called in the next day and uh, they ended up writing a 1,200 word essay about respecting women. Yeah, something like that. It was... Yeah, I remember like after
1: maybe like two days. Cause I was kind of like, I was a little traumatized to be honest, just because I feel like it was like so blown out of proportion. Mm-hmm. But after those two days, I was like, Damn, like I feel kind of bad. Like this was, this was not necessary.
0: It was just a little awkward. I mean, I was joking about it with my mom like the other day. I was like, "Yeah." So I and I, we talked about this on the podcast, and she was like, "Oh my god, us, us moms could not take this seriously because like nothing happened, and this is a whole drama." And this is, I think, also what kind of we'll get into like a little bit of the drama that we had after that. But I think this is what also got the guys and the girls not to get along because after that. It was like this one boy who was mad at you, but he was dating our friend. Mm. And then, so that's why uh, our trip went to absolute shits. I um, want to give a little background on our little residential trip. I think that was <laughs> the best trip we've had. Yeah, the residential trip, year eight residential
1: trip. Um, it was my last year at Dulwich. It was Anna's last year at Dulwich. And it was a couple of our other friends' last years, too. So, you know, it was supposed to be a great trip but unfortunately that was far from the case. <laughs> um, I remember it all started with my hatred and my friend's hatred for relationships. And this was this was year 8. This was when everyone was like first starting to date. So a couple of our friends had started relationships and I remember um myself and one other girl we were just not really into that. So yeah, I remember no. Yeah, I remember we created like a hate club or whatever for like the relationships in our grade and obviously our friends who were in relationships did not like that and our residential trip just completely became a mess because of like how that played out, which was horrible.
0: Yeah, the residential trip kind of went down the drain once this hate club was like, it was just... I don't even think it was because you wanted to, like, hurt anyone or get mad at anyone. It was just because I think we were just low-key little bored on the bus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, all these people with relationships. And it was, like, you, me, and this other girl, we just sat in the back. It was just us, like, just kind of sitting there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and then it kind of just happened. And it got into this huge fight between the girls. Basically, the boys weren't really involved. They were just, like, they were hated on, but they weren't involved. Yeah. And then the next day... It became like this whole drama and the girls were all not getting along. It was a very toxic environment. And the next day, I think one of our teachers, she noticed and she made us sit down and talk about our feelings, (laughs) which I think was good because it was really needed for, I think, the girls, especially for us four, because we were like this toxic cycle of trying to impress you at the end of the day. I think that's what that was kind of It just the drama. It was a toxic time. We'll leave it at that. Was,
1: yeah. yeah, we talked about this more last time, but like it was just like we just kept everything to ourselves. I feel like all of us kind of knew how toxic it was, it was, but we didn't ever mention it. So it was kind of just like there was like this underlying like layer of toxicity that we just never mentioned and never brought up. And then like at the residential trip, I feel like it started with the relationships thing and then it just became into like it just we just brought all of our issues that we kind of didn't, that we ignored for the year. And we just like, let it all come out on that one trip.
0: Okay. To kind of end on like a little bit of a positive note on that whole thing, what would be like your main piece of advice or the main thing you learned out of like the drama and everything we went through in those two years, because it was a lot, like we didn't really acknowledge it, but if you think back on it, we went through a lot just because we were also, it was our like main development years in like teenage phase and, yeah just school in general and just bitchiness and toxic vibes in school what was like the main piece of advice you would give or what's like the main thing you learned and you want to like tell like your past self that you should not have done that i'd say the main
1: thing i took away from all of that like that entire experience was probably to just be a less toxic person honestly because like what I realized kind of a year after I moved or around that time was that all of the drama was created by us like none of it just it wasn't issues that would have happened anyway it was all stuff that we kind of created and like also me myself I remember I used to love to stir the pot mm. and I'm like I just can't be that type of person like it's it's completely self inflicted. So I was just like, yeah. If I'm taking one thing away from this, it's that like this is all in your own hands. Just don't let it happen. Like just
0: avoid it. Yeah, I feel like maybe you're like sitting in your bed like at night, like so. How can I stir up the pot next week? Like it was like your plot to plot people against each other. But you know, you we've grown, we've moved on from that toxic. I think honestly, I think moving might have helped because. We were, I think, if we stayed there, it wouldn't have ended that like soon either. Because I think in Beijing you're in, like this bubble, mm-hmm. and I think no one was really too comfortable with themselves. Like no one like understood themselves just yet. I think we were all developing, um, so I do think that for us at least, moving did bring a benefit of we can look back and be like that was toxic. We were like we shouldn't have done that. Like never do that again, and grow. From our mistakes, yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so you moved to the U.S. Um, what were like? What are like your top three moments I- in the U.S. right now? Like, what what are like your favorite times that you've had so far in the U.S.?
1: I'd say top three times in general. Every single year, I really enjoy the volleyball season, so that's always a fun time. Um. Other than that, I'd say summer breaks, of course, because there's just so much to do then. And then lastly, I'd probably say in general, like, I don't know, like even saying this just sounds weird to me, but in general, like the school year itself is a lot of fun. Just being able to be with all of your like classmates and being able to just hang out with them. Like, honestly, I'd put that as something that I, like, I really enjoyed, like, the atmosphere, which is nice. Well,
0: you mentioned that you're, like, you have volleyball season. How did you get into that? Because I know we played volleyball in Beijing, but we weren't, like, like, didn't take it seriously. So how does it, like, differ? Because I know, like, the sport, the competition in the U.S. is insane. Like, it's crazy, right? So I want to know how, like, your experience has been, like, the pressure, maybe, like, the competitions and everything just a little bit. So
1: moving from Beijing and we, we played volleyball in Dulwich, like we played two years, but the level was, as, as you just said, was a lot lower. <laughs> so I just remember like coming to the US and watching the high school team play and they were super good, like the varsity team. They were really good. And I was kind of like shocked. I'd never seen this like level of volleyball, especially in like high schoolers. So I remember I started going to like open gyms and I started just practicing whenever I could whenever they like would let anyone practice even if you weren't on the team and I just started playing a lot more and you know like practice being able to practice with people who are taking the sport really seriously definitely improves your own game and I ended up playing like the school season and then I also did like a club season so it was out of school and we like traveled a bunch to compete and stuff and it was just yeah it was a lot of fun and I'm glad it worked out despite the Dulwich level of volleyball that we first played.
0: Yeah, because I see, like, I think a lot in America, a lot of these girls or a lot just people who play sports, they're playing to get, like, scholarships for unis, right? Mm-hmm. So, of course, they take it really seriously on how they play. Yeah. But, so, because we moved from... Beijing to the U.S. and Mm -hmm. I—I what's like your biggest regret about moving, or do you wish you stayed for another few years, or do you kind of not regret anything that much? I'd say biggest regret is just
1: in general, like the Beijing experience was such like a rare and great one that I wish I could have taken more. I could have. I think I took it for granted and I should have taken advantage of it because just the people, like the school, like even Dulwich was such a fun school, the city. Like I just, I feel like I kind of ignored all of that. I didn't appreciate it nearly as much as I wish I did. Like going back, that's definitely one of my biggest regrets, just not taking advantage of like all of the opportunities I just had in Beijing. So, and then also I'd say like moving to the US, I talked a little bit about this last time, but the workload was insane. Like the Dulwich workload was super manageable. I feel like school wasn't like- It wasn't cool. serious. We were just vibing. Exactly. Honestly, like I feel like the main focus of my life in Dulwich was just like sports and friends. Whereas then like moving to the US, the the workload was insane And just like so hard to manage, which was like a bit of a shock for me.
0: Well, speaking of workload, you since you go to an American public school, am I right? You mm-hmm. to, yeah. So I'm guessing you're doing, you said last time you're doing the ACTs, not the MADTs. Um, How has that been and how has online school been going for you? Because I know you've been in it for nine months, not as long as that's like we've had like school in between, but you haven't. So how has that kind of been? How has that affected kind of your future plans for unis and things like that? I mean, honestly, it's affected like my, my
1: future plans a lot just because like the fact of not being in school makes it so much harder to like be engaged in, in some classes more than others. Like especially like there are all of these AP classes. I don't really know if. The mm-hmm. school system does that, but like these college level classes that people all just take in high school to improve their college application. Like we're taking all of these super hard classes, and when you're in school, it's kind of easy to just go along with it. But now that you're out of school and everything's on Zoom and you're like kind of moving at your own pace, it's just so much harder to like focus in a class that you're not passionate about. So like this experience, if anything, has really like helps lead me in like following my true passions. And I've been able to like eliminate, like I'm not like an English and you know history person, but I'm more of a maths and science person. And I've like really been able to like discover like what I enjoy learning in school
0: because I'm like forced to at this time. That kind of surprises me because I don't know why you just seem like an English like like English major, like a history. But I do remember our math classes indulged with our favorite teacher from Jamaica. We did not take math seriously. I remember now when I'm thinking back to it, no one studied. We didn't do anything in class. We just talked for like 50 minutes straight. And then we went outside to take these tests, like in a cupboard. And if you got bad, we you could just retake it the next day. Exactly. What?
1: Yeah, it was such a joke. Like... It was it was so like interesting. That's just not how it is here at all.
0: Yeah, because I think you. I mean, we also have pressure because we do the IB, but. I think in America, I feel like there's just a different level because it's so competitive and the schools are like so difficult to get into. I feel like, mm-hmm. like I've heard some people like, go through like the process of trying to get into like American universities, and I feel like it is pretty difficult if you're not American and if you're trying to like get in, and it's super expensive as well. So you're trying to get like scholarships, you're trying to do as best as you can. Yeah. So I do understand why there's like so much pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what's like one main? piece of advice you would give someone like applying to the u.s or someone that's going through this online learning in the u.s like what would you kind of tell them well specifically
1: for like applying to schools in the u.s like yanni just went through this process so i feel like i've like gotten to see it all from start to end because she got into her first choice which was great but i'd say one main piece of advice is just like like, especially from my school, people are so competitive with this stuff and it can really like get to your head, I think mentally, if you're really like stressing over it. And if you're like, like comparing your own self-worth to the schools you get into. So my advice would just be to like acknowledge that like getting into colleges is so random and like, especially in the U S it's so difficult. So just don't let it get to you personally and just, you know, Give it your all and just hope for the best. But, you know, don't let it like take a toll on your own mental health or your own like
0: self-worth. Mm-hmm. I think that's really that's a really good point you brought up, because I think especially in this generation, there was like a lot we like we focus a lot on grades and we put a lot of like our self worth on like the grades you get and how we do in school. And I think you brought a good point that school should not be affecting your mental health, that you should still think about it. Like it should first still be your first priority to keep yourself like healthy. So that's a good point. Yeah. But because 2020 has been like a crazy year and 2021, I think it's not gonna get crazier, but I think it's just gonna, you know, continue. And In the U.S. there's been a lot of political change and a lot of like there's been the Black Lives Matter movement and there has been the like the elections. But how have you kind of stayed like politically active or are you politically active or just kind of your view on politics in the U.S.? Mm
1: Yeah, so I'd say this year has been like such a big change politics wise, because all of a sudden, like everyone's kind of involved, everyone's learning more about the elections, about the different parties, about like different policies. And I think that's been honestly a great change because I've always like been interested by U.S. politics specifically. But then this year, I feel like it became like worldwide with like the Black Lives Matter movement, with like even like the coronavirus has become kind of political and it's just like i think it's been great and like i try to stay politically active just following like specific accounts which post like threads and stuff which you can read and they're really informative and just making sure i'm staying up to date with the news just stuff like that and like engaging in conversations with people And I mean, in the U.S., like specifically with the election, it's been a crazy year politically. But honestly, I've enjoyed it because I think people have learned so much over this past year. And I think it's definitely for the better. It's definitely like a better change that's happened. And I'm just hoping it like this energy continues throughout 2021 and onwards, just so, you know, people are acknowledging like the politics that affect like our lives
0: i mean i remember when the u.s election was happening we were watching it in like our school like it was all like projected all over the school and everyone was like it was a kind of like a game show like i said last time like we were watching the state flip and everything but do you think that or well, do you personally think that it's important for us teenagers or young adults to get involved in politics early because my personal like opinion is that it is because we're like voting for people who are dictating our future in a way so i think that um us as young people should be getting involved because we don't want 70 year old people kind of ruling a country when the majority of us will be young like 20 30 year olds so what's your view on like teenagers and politics
1: yeah, I mean, I feel the exact same way. And I think that's something that people have realized kind of recently. And it's that like, even if you're young, like I feel like previously young people were kind of pushed away from engaging in politics because, you know, they were told they were too young, not mature enough to understand these concepts. And I think it's great that that is kind of like that notion that, you know, you're too young to be interested in politics is kind of fading away because, if you're young, you know, you're really voting for your own future and understanding politics is almost equivalent to understanding like what world you're building for yourself. So I think it's great that like our generation is more engaged in politics than previous generations have been.
0: Yeah. So on an ending note, we just before our like recording we had like a one minute conversation and you told me that you have gotten your corona vaccine the first one and you're getting your second one today how is that like does it hurt because we haven't gotten it like in germany it's crazy all like the 80 year olds are getting it and we're like in line for like 2022 i think like it's wow. insane. Like, there's a list so how is that like going how yeah
1: <laughs> i mean honestly i don't really know how we got it Like, for the most part, older people are being vaccinated, but finally, like, people kind of, like, middle-aged people are getting vaccinated. And then my parents are both doctors, so they were, like, signing up for every single open appointment. They were, like, refreshing their computers, trying to get us appointments. And sure enough, like, our entire family got appointments for the vaccination. So I got the first one. It did hurt. And my arm was very like sore for the entire second day. I could barely shower. But you know, it's fine. It's worth it. And I mean, I'm excited to get the second one. I hear that the second one is even
0: more painful. But we'll see we'll see tomorrow is it actually that because i the most painful vaccine i've ever gotten is the one uh, i don't know what the english name is it's for, in german it's like it's like um the vaccine that women get against ovarian cancer oh yeah yeah yeah. that yeah. one was the one that hurt the most and i got two of those if this one hurts i'm i'm out like <laughs> i can't oh okay yeah um so as this is table for one, you got to bring something to the table. Mm. So uh, I'm showing this new thing of every one of my guests or even every week, I'm going to have like a piece of advice or a motivational quote. So have you heard anything recently that kept you motivated or just any piece of advice you'd give anyone? I'm sorry, my dog. Pepper.
1: <laughs> I wish I needed some motivational quotes, but I don't. So I'll try to think of a piece of advice um i'm putting you in the spot here i'm sorry but okay i guess general piece of advice or just something that i've been trying to do every day i actually started this yesterday so i'm kind of glad you're like asking but i'm reading like this also kind of ties into what we talked about earlier with like staying informed but kind of just because of like online school which everyone's going through I feel like one nice thing, like just doing one thing for yourself each day, is like r- really important. Just to take a little time out of your day and dedicate it to like your own mental health and your own well being. So like I'm starting with journal. I remember I used to do that back in year eight in Dulwich, and I, I actually bullet like, journal. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I have like a little bullet journal, and I'm just like writing an entry every night, which is just a little nice thing to do. Just to kind of like, yeah. That so yeah.
0: I I could never I I've I've read through my old journal there's the cringiest thing. It's like me freaking out about the littlest thing that happened. But that's that's a great piece of advice. I I'll take that and maybe Thank I'll you. do something. Maybe I'll do some journaling every morning. But I'll see. You back. Yeah. Okay, so that was it for today's podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to today's episode. I also want to thank Ayo so much for taking the time out of her day to join me today. And I hope uh, you at least had some fun on the podcast. I know this is the second time recording. But, um, but thank you for t- tuning in today. And remember, a new episode, uh, a new episode comes out every Monday. And I hope you guys have a good day. Thank you again for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Bye guys.